beats up a, it's bizarre. You know what I love? You know what I love? I love that you are neck deep in this Willie's Wonderland description. Yeah. And Ulysses is like, why are we talking about this? <laughs> we are talking about bad, but we could be talking about good. Yeah. 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 He, he's not done. He's, he's, he's like, not. Yeah. No he's, one should he's, be done he's, yet. Not, he's not letting go. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Geek's Camp, the home of RPG goodness and general tomfoolery. My name is Zach and the hosts joining me this evening are uh, the Dwarven DM, John Christian. Kazad Sakut, my friends. And the Dapper DM, Troy Sambo. Kazad Gazuntite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and like, then we, we've got a guest joining we us as well. We have uh, Jake or Jacob from Fire Lizard Games. Wally Ho. Hey. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I hope, I hope Jake was just in there going, wait for it. Wait for, wait it. for it. Oh, I was. And <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, the only oh. thing that would have been better is if you would have yodeled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not a skilled yodeler. Why? <laughs> I was going to say, that couldn't be any worse than Troy. I've set the bar so low. He I sounds mean, more like a dwarven Ned Flanders whenever he does it. <laughs> hey, diddly ho, neighbor. <laughs> Hi, diddly ho. Hi, diddly ho. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, Jake, uh, uh, thank you, first and foremost, for hopping on. Uh, that makes me feel good. It makes us feel good. Anytime somebody pops in and says, hey, I've got a thing to talk about. Um, can I be on your show? And, of course, we said absolutely. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Absolutely. Right on. So, uh, Jake, uh, we were talking a little bit in the in the pre-show and even in the pre-live. Um, you uh, you are a, a, a section of a conglomerate called uh, Fire Lizard Games, uh, but you and I have known each other for about a decade now I think. yeah i think yeah. so yeah like 2012 uh, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah 2012 sounds about right yeah absolutely and um you and i both uh started our rpg uh business journey about the same time as well i think yeah um so we've kind of had parallel paths in that way um but I don't know how much our audience knows of all the different things that you've been working on over there. So before we dive into uh, the project that we're going to talk about tonight, uh, do you mind giving our audience a little background on on yourself and Fire Lizard? Uh, yeah, we uh, you know we haven't done nearly as much as uh, you have with uh, you know World of Game Design and uh, before that uh, Bite Size Gaming, but. Uh, yeah, we uh, the first thing we produced was a little. Uh, I it's not really necessarily GMless. It's more like everyone's the GM type game, uh, mm-hmm. where you use cards and get the cards dictate uh, what kind of scene that you have and stuff based on the the suit type, um, and that is called basic card PG. Um, hmm. That uh, was successfully funded, I don't know, uh, too long ago. I think it was 2018. Um, And then we ran a little, uh, uh, had a little novelette that uh, that was put out. 
Um, I actually had to use a pen name. That was actually something I had wrote because uh, it was ah. it was real dark. <laughs> and I was working for a school district at the time. I was like, I don't think I want anybody <laughs> knowing that I wrote this. <laughs> that's that's awesome. I can't let this get out. Someday I'd like to run for office. That's right. That's right. That, yeah. that was that was examination, right? Yes, examination, yeah, uh, which cool. was like a dystopian uh, future type thing. It, it, I won't lie; it was heavily influenced by uh, things like Warhammer Forty Thousand. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that was one of my works. Um, we also put out a little uh, uh, kind of Delta Green uh, monster that's like a freebie on drive through. It's called Lurker of Ling. Um, and, uh, it's actually gotten quite a bit of downloads, so that's been kind of exciting. Uh, just wish I, we were getting paid for it. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, and then, uh, my most recent thing I think was when I put out a little novel called, uh, Earth Reprisal, which, um, was inspired by the system we've actually been working on now and setting. So, hmm. Ooh, that's awesome. That's cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Earth reprisal. Yep. Interesting. Okay, cool. So, so, so first off, I did not know about earth reprisal. I knew about the other things. So where could, where could Zach go to get earth reprisal? If, uh, if he was interested, you can go to uh drive through, uh, fiction or it'll pop up on drive through RPG if you start typing it in. But, uh, yeah, yeah, you can just uh, find it there. Um, I think the only difficult thing that people who have read it have is the pronunciation of the names, because I tried to go with fairly non-human sounding names. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, if you're good at plugging in, you know, your own, uh, what you think that name is pronounced, then this will be the book for you. If you have difficulty with that, you know, then uh, uh, then there's a solution for that, and it is... Uh, hopefully an audiobook that I'm hoping to put out here pretty soon. Uh, oh, very I've, cool. Oh, right on. Yeah, I've done some recordings for it. It's just trying to edit together is going to be a bear, and I got more on my plate than uh, uh, to deal with uh, soon. So <laughs> might have to hold off a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so I'm going to clarify for folks just in case, because uh, not everybody's going to look online like I did. Um, Earth Reprisal is spelled U-R-T-H. Yes. And that's going to tie in when we talk about something else later. Mm-hmm. But Earth Reprisal. Cool. And it is on. I've, I've got it here on uh, Drive Through Fiction. Awesome. Nice. Uh, sweet. Okay. Uh, very good. So you've been really doing a lot of different things is what it sounds like. We've got a, a, a card RPG. We've got a, a, a like a novella. We've got a novel. Um, and now, and we've got some stuff for Monster of the Week, which is awesome. Um so now we've got something new, something different. Um, talk to us. Talk to me a little bit about Savage Earth, the role-playing game. Okay. Uh, so uh, I would like John specifically, um, if you could, uh, close your eyes. And uh, I want you to think about uh, dwarves. Mm. I'd like for you to think about... Uh, Dragon Lance. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. And uh, I want you to know this game is nothing like that. So, damn it. 
Damn it. <laughs> I, I, oh, oh, son I of a bitch, you got me. I like this guy. <laughs> you know what? I love how he baited me with Lolly Ho. Oh, yeah. Just so he could toss me right into the pit full of punji sticks. He got he got you to close his, close your eyes and... Yeah! Oh, man. I was like... <laughs> yeah. That's... Well, okay. That's yes. cool. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> that's no, cool. Don't get me wrong. Dragonlance is a great setting and all that, but... Uh, mm. That mm-hmm. there isn't there isn't one single theme that you know hold, holds everything together like Dragonlance, which is a huge uh, boon to that setting for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, it it uh, totally different setting though for sure. He's definitely you're just like <laughs> I'm waiting for it. Well, yeah, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for the next one now. Yeah, fool fool me <laughs> fool me once, shame on you. Mm-hmm. Fool right. me twice, shame uh, on you. Right. <laughs> Uh, so fool me thrice deja vu it's fine go ahead tell me about it (laughs) uh so savage earth is uh i mean there's a lot to it so i'll try and really give you a little elevator pitch on the setting um but it's uh basically kind of like a very primitive stone age setting um where most of the monsters in the game are uh basically prehistoric creatures from normal earth you know e-a-r-t-h in this case um but u-r-t-h is definitely not (laughs) e-a-r-t-h so uh you got like uh a a lot of anthropomorphized uh uh, animals uh that are the sentience is what we call them so there's a lot of playable races um we also tried to make their uh like their kind of racial abilities and stuff to really reflect uh, the uh, the animals that they kind of represent. Like you know, for mm. instance, uh, you know, we've got a uh, this uh, sentient called the Cobus, um, which is based off uh, largely off the Tarsier. I don't know if you guys know what the Tarsier is. Um, it's T A R S. IER, it's a little primate that lives in uh, uh, Polynesia, kind of uh, little islands yeah. and stuff. Mm, okay. And uh, they are, are, you know, they're basically arboreal, uh, and that reflects, mm. you know, climb bonuses and stuff like that in the game. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know, I'm, I'm getting a little too granular here, but uh, yeah, no, 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 I love that. Okay. So, like, prints all tales, tr- tree dwellers, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and they got, uh, you know, uh, bonuses, you know, they have dark vision because, uh, that animal sees almost as well as any other, uh, uh, nocturnal animal there is really. Um, hmm. and then another example would be the, uh, Tortuga that is a, hmm. uh, uh, definitely not a Ninja Turtle, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. Um, but is a, uh, turtle humanoid that, uh, you know, uh, is uh, actually large size, um, and so it's slow, lumbering, uh, but hits like a Mack truck and also has uh, uh, some armor, obviously. So, you know, we really just yeah. tried to reflect these these racial uh, traits as how they kind of would be portrayed in a, in the real world a little bit. Um, right on. Yeah. I love that. You, you had me, like, so, no, it's not Dragonlance, but, <laughs> and I love... Um, I think one of the things that I read read about about the what you're working on 
is it is it's primitive and it's this very primal raw setting right and so as a result there's a lot of crafting that's necessary that's that's it right so is that a is that a pretty big part of the game is the the crafting system that you've come up with or is that an actual system or how does that work exactly oh yeah and it's it's uh it functions a lot like uh skill systems generally do but we detail everything out to the point Mm. where anything that's in the equipment chapter will also in the items profile tell you what components make that item and then what the dc is to craft that item that's cool yeah i love i love a good like i again i love the the survival aspect of it and it's starting from like i've been i played another game not too long ago uh the forest which is that's like 90 percent of the game is going to be crafting something the other 10 percent is trying to escape screaming screeching cannibals that are that are on the <laughs> island with you but the i love like how noodly do you get is it just like two leather and one stick kind of thing or what is that not to give too much away uh, too early here but how do you how do you kind of plot that out yeah so uh let's say that you're crafting a spear you would need uh i believe it's a large you know depending on the size of the spear but i think it's a mm-hmm. large haft you know, which is just, you know, the Uh hole, you know. Um, And then I think like a medium-sized rock and then um, some sinew. Um, And that's how you make a spear and that's how you make a spear in real life too, you know. Uh uh, Don't forget the moose poop glue. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's nature's adhesive. Yes. Yeah, we uh, we don't have moose poop glue, although uh, that is actually would probably be a component in real world in the real world. But, you might uh, be able to, I don't, there's a, there's a picture of, of uh, some, some friends around a campfire on your uh, Kickstarter page here. I think the, the, the one with the goatee with the thing would probably produce some pretty uh, adhesive. Pretty glue. glue. <laughs> yeah. That's a uh, so, there. So uh, you could uh, you know substitute for the, for moose with that. Yeah, that's yeah. a Vel- Velky there. That's uh, Velky. Yeah, kind of a baboon, you know, uh, simian. Uh, it guy. it mm. definitely looks. I just gotta or say, mandrel. I, I'm sorry, mandrel. <laughs> uh, looking through this Kickstarter page, I I dig in it. No, I'm with, I, I'm with John. I like the idea of you know the stripped down nature of it. The the fact that it's you know. Uh, prehistoric primeval you're crafting mm-hmm. stuff it's all survival um and the 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 fact that you've got all these different uh sentience and i like the use of that word that's pretty cool um yeah, i like that too in that main picture where you've got the different uh dinos and stuff you being used as like uh you know an, pack animals or, or or whatnot and the the brontosaurus like creatures in the background it, mm, yeah, it has a really cool feeling to it, like what, ten thousand BC mm-hmm. or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I appreciate that. That's that's a compliment. That's uh, a little bit. Yeah, pretty much kind of what we're going for there. Uh, just with like more sentience, essentially more yeah. races. Uh, well, I'm, I'm still stuck on. Oh, let me say one more thing here. So I, I'm stuck on one thing. I love the idea of. It's not necessarily the setting. It's just kind of like the byproduct of the setting, though, is where, yes, there's a crafting system, but what that ends up doing is the things that you fight and you kill 
you don't look loot their outsides or the things that they're carrying. You're going to have to use their carcasses for something. That's cool. I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I like, I like the idea of I killed, like you see this hammer that I created or this ha- ax that I created and the stone head. I got this stone head while I was on XYZ mountain and I've got this bone from the bone of some primal boar, some dire boar, or something like that. This is its femur. You know, that kind of, there's a story oh, yeah. to the thing that you craft too. That's a, that's a part of, that's a part of the narrative. Yeah. That's one of the last little puzzle pieces we're trying to, uh, uh, fit into place right now is the because we want to make it relatively simple mm-hmm. um, but yeah having a legendary item uh, type status that can get assigned to different weaponry and stuff like that uh, nice. so yeah uh, yeah one of uh, the people that we just recently brought in uh, Matt Zablodel who was a, a good friend of uh, of the group uh, going quite a ways back he was there for the first like pseudo game of this that we played like literally 15 years ago or something. Um, and uh, he was like, I feel like you guys need like a, a legendary weapon type thing. And that's mm. it. And I was like, yeah, we definitely do. Now that you say that like we need, you know, uh, a method of like having these exceptional components that, uh, that uh, make things um, which th- that is uh, something you touched on there that I, wanted to bring up about the crafting is that we also have a thing called a gathering check, which not hunter gather, but uh, to gather from an animal. So, mm-hmm. you know, gathering it's hide to make armor um, or, you know, potentially other things, uh, bones, meat, actually meat is kind of the gold standard in the game because mm-hmm. there isn't really metallurgy or if there is, it's incredibly sparse. Um, and so uh, meat is kind of like, well, it has value everywhere. So this is uh, right. This is what we're basing everything on. Uh, and so do you have things mm. like uh, like curing meats and things like that so that they have longevity to them? It's not like, you know, I've got I have a haunch. The haunch is only going to last for a couple of days as opposed to smoking it, curing it with some kind of a salt or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We have food prep skill. That's cool. uh, yeah. Okay. Which is uh, yeah, this is like I, look uh, I, ever since I was a Boy Scout. And a, a Cub Scout, Boy Scout, and I, I went outside all the time. So that kind of stuff, that uh, that's an itch that I'm always looking to scratch. Like the, like the again, the, the building bo- blocks of civilization are all built on the back of like the next thing that built that was built upon, right? And it, it always start. It all started from stone and uh, and bone and skin, effectively. Yep, yep, and that's and uh, that. That's kind of the the pillar of the crafting system right there, because we, we do have a, and I, I'll, di- I'll diverge this, uh, a little bit of a spoiler, uh, but, uh, basically anytime that someone gets crit and they're wearing armor, uh, their armor degrades just a little bit by nice. one point. So, uh, that's, you know, uh, a, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? something that helps influence players decisions like, Oh, I need to get this repaired because it mm-hmm. still has the, you know, Dex negative, uh, that it had, but now it's worse. Uh, so I got to mm-hmm. get that repaired. Yeah, if like they that. critically fail with a weapon, it's not always, but there is a chance that it'll break. And then of course, well, you got to make a new one. Um, how many components can you salvage from the old one? Um, that kind of stuff. So, and I like economies. Like, and we were talking yeah. about that too. Like economies that are built on like a trade or barter system, and a, like a variance of exchange. And one one region or zone 
you know, uh, there, uh, there may be a demand for feathers or there may be a demand for, uh, shell that's because it's not near a coastline. And so it's not evil is easily accessible to like giant sea turtles where you can get it, use the shell for it or something like that right? or teeth or something like that. Right. It's like, I, I like that too. Right. I think that's, that kind of comes encompasses the same thing, but the further back that you go, the, to me, the, I mean, it's the less, the more nebulous systems become to survive and mm-hmm. to, to organize and to uh, interact with other cultures and civilizations that are out there. That's a really, it's a cool dynamic. That's like just beyond I'm going to, all I'm trying to do is trying to keep the Tyrannosaurus Rex from, from eating me today. Right. Kind of a, kind of a vibe. There's more to it than that. There's like a socioeconomic um, aspect to it that I don't think gets touched on a lot in games mm. these days. No, cause right. the, the fact that the gold in this is also your food. Yeah. So oh, yeah. You're, you're giving up, you're really giving up something of worth. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's the so the two, right? One of the things that is Dragonlancey about it, ha, huh, is that in Dragonlance, <laughs> gold doesn't really have any worth at all because it doesn't have any utilitarian purpose to it. And so steel mm. is the most important thing. That's why that's the currency. And so utility is what like it, like the fact that like it is a late civilization thing to put gemstones and gold and things like that like up on a pedestal for of worth and value. Right. And so, and uh, so like to me, I like that more raw, that early era examination of what actual va- value of an object actually is. It's about, can it help me survive? Isn't that what uh, the Spartans money was, was like big hunks of metal or something. Yeah. 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 Hmm. So, because it had, you know, I don't know if it's bronze or whatever they carried around, but yeah, not, not gold. Cause gold is useless in yeah. battle. <laughs> right? It's heavy and it's, and it's soft. You can't make a weapon out of it. So okay. I mean, like, so, so it's, it, it has less and less it's metal. And that's really like the only thing that's any good about it is that it's metal. At least it's not a rock, you know? Right. Mm. Yeah. It can get shiny. If we polish it enough, this thing will shine that we then we can do something with that. Let me let me walk us back a couple steps uh, just to kind of touch on something that I don't think we covered at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Jake, one of the things that you talk that you say right from the beginning is this is uh, the first part of this we talked about a lot, which is this is an original prehistoric and Stone Age fantasy setting. Mm-hmm. But then you say Pathfinder Two and Five E inspired system, and then if you scroll down on the Kickstarter page, and by the way, if you're listening to this and here, I was talking about a Kickstarter page. Uh, we got a. Jake was gracious enough to give us a preview of it, um, and we'll give you all the links to go follow and, and see when it goes live uh, here at the end of the episode. But um, if you scroll down on the preview page here, it says that it's a totally self-contained game. Or everything you'll need to play your character and also run the game as a game master. Can you talk a little bit about the idea of being inspired by those two systems and what you were inspired by, but also how you deviated? And obviously the crafting system and... and um, gathering systems are are unique but yeah so uh pretty much how i have it stated there um is that we had initially built this kind of on the backbone of pathfinder 1 and 3.5 but they are so uh, there's too many action types is like the main thing like mm-hmm. <laughs> you're cycling through like six different action types it's like okay I use this one. Can I use this one now? Uh, and I got to go read that rule. Oh, I can. What about this next one? You know, there's too many. So we pretty much narrowed it down to three standard full round. And, uh, 
and uh, uh, free actions, um, which mm-hmm. is definitely what Pathfinder 2e is doing. Um, obviously, 5e has stripped down the rules quite a bit, too, and we're trying to trying to go along in that same vein. Um, mm-hmm. But the one thing that we weren't super excited about with uh, 5e was uh, their skill system with the proficiencies. It seems like, you know, your character's pretty locked in, uh, you know, early on mm-hmm. uh, into their skill mm-hmm. tree, basically. Um, and that's, I don't know, that's a little bit of a bummer, it feels like, if you, especially if you, you know, took a, a proficiency in something that you're not using all that often. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Or you're a paladin and you automatically get two or like one of five or two of five different skills or something like that. But like later on down the line, like the, you're telling me, this guy hasn't gotten any better at history. <laughs> right. Since then, or like, it, it, there's no, it doesn't scale any better. Like hey. you're always going to be a history derp, for, like forever. There's, there's no time to to, to to take night classes when you're uh, sick in the world. <laughs> there's, there aren't community colleges in. Uh, in I mean, well, well, there's strict, well, strict yeah. saving, but that's you know. Well, not even not even to mention you know. Uh, as that character is going along, they're likely reading books and things like that. You think that, yeah, that might help, but it doesn't. Yeah, depends uh, on what you're reading. I mean, they could be like you know Harlequin romance novels. So that's, <laughs> you're, you're not learning anything. That's the that's right. a true escapism for an adventurer. Yep. Listen, yep. you you talk to anybody's mom, and they're going to tell you that those Harlequin novels, you know, especially the period piece ones, have great historical <laughs> historical value. The knowledge in there for you to tap into, right? That's, it's really I, accurate. That's, that's what I read yeah. it for. Yeah. That helped me get a question right on Jeopardy once. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, okay. Uh, so I like that. I like the fact. Like, so you you came up with your own system. Yeah. So the yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, the skill system actually borrows a little bit from uh, World of Darkness, um, where okay. Okay. you're basically filling in a bubble uh, for each rank that you go up in, and the rank costs so many points to get there, uh, and that rank is worth so much. You know. Uh, uh, so when you fill in the bubble, you'll know. You know, I've got a plus one now, or I've got a plus. Mm. Uh, okay. Three now, six, ten, fifteen. It literally scales like that. Um, so you know, you're just filling in a bubble and then adding in whatever your ability modifier is to that thing. And so it's not as complex as three point five or mm-hmm. uh, Pathfinder, but not as uh, stripped down as five e. Um, hmm. And that kind of that same concept kind of you know, uh, made its way into our, uh, magic system as well, where you're, uh, you know, you've got your, what we call spectrums instead of domains, you fill in your bubble and then the bubble, you know, rank one and anything basically gets you, uh, uh, well, it gets you a right, uh, which is basically more of like a cantrip, uh, spell and then a ritual, um, mm. r- rituals being something that you kind of prepare ahead of time. And, uh, mm. We also kind of want to put an emphasis on like, what is your character's ritual? You know, uh, we're going to have this sheet that spellcasters, we encourage them to fill out, but of course, you know, whether or not they do, um, but of like, you know, what is important to your character based on, you know, their spectrums. Like I had a character that uh, I played recently that uh, had uh, uh, some ranks in fire. So his, ritual of replenishment, how he gets his mana back because we have mana in this game instead. Um, 
is that he's got to, uh, and he also had ranks in uh, uh, food prep, is that he had to make a nice meal, essentially, and then leave it out in the sun for the sun god, basically. So, okay. yeah. So now, is it is it like, a, I think Mitch has a really good question here. Is, is it like a specialization in a thing? Or is it, a, is it, it doesn't create, like, is there a generality that's associated to that kind of, the, the to the ritual? Uh, th- there is, for the ritual of replenishment, that's the one that everybody gets, no matter what spectrum you have. Uh-huh. Uh, that one's very generalized, but for the other spectrums, it, uh, I won't go too deep into that because I, one of the few things I didn't, uh, create or have a really big hand in creating was the magic system. Uh, hmm. But yeah, there are rituals associated that give you different boons essentially for each, gotcha. uh, for each spectrum that you have. Um, but then at rank two, you get a better version of that first rank and uh, uh, a rank two spell essentially. Hmm, that's, um, cool. that's cool. Yeah, let me ask you this too. So uh, on that, what made that, what that made me think of immediately is how, if we were talking about, how crystallized skills and things like that become uh, leveling. Do you have a more of a skill-based system where it it evolves in in bits and pieces, or do you have these milestones that happen to the character kind of like in a level where now you get a bunch of extra stuff or you get more stuff every time you hit these milestones? Or do you do it like plug in a couple of experience points here and there and your this one skill goes up? Uh. Yeah, uh, you you have milestones. You have to. You might end up having to even bank points between levels to get higher ranks. Because mm. by the time you get rank five in any one skill, um, you're you're gonna you will have dumped a lot of skill points to get to that point, and then uh, another big dump of skills to get to the the final mm. rank there. Gotcha. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean that's that's essentially. That's about- I guess let me make sure I answer, I'm asking the question right. So, like, let's say you've got a skill like gathering, right? Mm. So, gathering is is when you get experience points or whatever, like the the um, upgrade or enhancement currency is for a character. Do you can you put it directly into gathering and like I'm just going to focus on gathering until I hit like whatever the max rank is for that one, or does does do you get like everything all at once? Like, do you get it like ten? points at the end of every session or how does that work for like for for upgrading your character we uh since it's a survival setting and we kind of have a uh i don't know if anybody here has ever played uh the revised second edition of star wars oh yeah Mm. okay uh you know how like they've got two pools of hit points one Mm -hmm. that's kind of like getting bumped and scraped and the other is like Mm -hmm. killing you Mm -hmm. Uh, we kind of have the same thing so there's the potential to to get killed relatively easily easily in this i mean we've got uh some get out of jail free cards for that but uh Mm. but because of that you know uh we have decided that like the base just a blanketed easy thing for uh gms to do is every three sessions or if there's a milestone that uh you know like a quest that your characters have been on and completed Mm -hmm those will be level ups essentially. So, gotcha. okay. so that you can, you know, level up relatively quickly because of that, you know, potent that potential danger. I mean, it faces you in any system, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and this, it could potentially be a little more deadly, but we, like I said, we have 
you know, get out of jail free cards called favor points where you, uh, you know, it, it works. Uh, I'm trying to think of a system. Uh, have you guys ever heard of like the dark heresy or, uh, Oh yeah. Death watch systems. Well, they've got, uh, Oh yeah. For 40 K. Yeah. 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 They've got uh what are those called? So, I understand, like the, the, there's, I know what you're talking about, but I, yeah. don't, I don't remember what they're called specifically. The, the points that you can burn to like really save your character's life. Uh, yes. There's all kinds of uses for it, uh, that we'll have listed out, but, uh, you know, uh, it, you know, kind of bar- bars a little bit from, uh, 5e as well having like inspiration that type of stuff mm-hmm. as well um uh, man there's something i want to touch on real quick about the skills oh um so there's one uh one thing that we wanted to do to uh also set us apart a little bit is that you run into a point in a game all the time where the GM asks for a role to do a specific task and you're kind of like, well, this skill is kind of adjacent to what you're asking for, even though it's not the skill Mm -hmm. check that you're asking for. Mm -hmm. So what we decided to do is that uh, any untrained check, as long as it doesn't have these uh, rank limiters, essentially uh, skill rank limiters uh, for the type of thing that you're trying to do. Like say, say you've got uh, a dead body and you're trying to figure out uh, how long they've been dead. You know, normally that'd be a treat injury check or a heal check in 5e. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But if, say, you do a lot of gathering and you have high ranks and gather, you're like, well, I've dealt with taking stuff from animals all the time. You know, mm-hmm. I probably have a gauge of decomposition levels and stuff like that. So you would still get to apply your full bonus to that uh that check, but you get disadvantage essentially. Hmm. Um, so that it kind of opens up that, like that negotiation that happens between GMs and players all the time, mm-hmm. you know? Nice. That's, cool. yeah, that's interesting. I like that. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so Jake, let's talk a little bit about the Kickstarter itself. Um, so you told us it's going live on June 7th and you told me <laughs> that you are tying that you pick that date in particular because it coincides with the release of another uh, prehistoric themed property. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a new Jurassic world coming out uh, and that's that Friday. So we were like, well, we'll launch, uh, you know, the Tuesday before. So, uh, uh, cause there's a lot of dinosaurs on this page and uh, you know, there's other prehistoric creatures on there too. I think it'll help uh, catch some people's eyes as they're getting, uh, you know, amped up to go watch that. Heck yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so you're going to launch, um, uh, June 7th, which is a Tuesday. Um, and, uh, I, I don't want to, I know some of this is still in flux here, but is it all right if I give a generality of what people can expect from this Kickstarter? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm seeing what I'm seeing here is that you're going to have, of course, digital PDF options, but also looking at a full color hardcover edition of the book. You've got a lot of VTT uh, components that you're bringing to the table and also STL files. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I've I've been designing uh, some 3D models uh, for a while now. Uh, I just don't have the greatest software 
Um, <laughs> to, I have ZBrush Core, which is basically ZBrush, except when you go to export the STL, mm-hmm. your, your model melts because it doesn't have enough polygons. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I want that full version. <laughs> uh, right on. But uh, yeah, all the stuff that I have here, though, is fairly low polygon count. So it's it's all pretty doable. Um with what I've got now, but if we fund and we start hitting some of these stretch goals, I don't think it'll be a problem getting that that upgrade in software and really giving some people something really well polished. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we got a lot of VTT stuff. I mean, there's as of right now, there's 17 sentients. There will be 18. Um, Devin Knight, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him on Roll Twenty. Uh, he does a lot of the uh, uh, like anytime that you get a lot of free options mm-hmm. on Roll20. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. he, he's done all of the ones that are listed there right now. And uh, he will finish out all the sentience and nice. uh, some of the beasts as well. And uh, and hopefully we can get him to do all of them, which would be really cool. Right on. That's cool. That's super handy. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm super excited for that, by the way. Sweet. Uh, the last thing that I had on my list that I wanted to point people towards, um, obviously, uh, you can go look up Fire Lizard Games, and we're going to post links. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and post your Facebook link into our uh, live stream right now. But um, one thing that I would point people towards is you have a Savage Earth podcast from last year, right? Yeah, which unfortunately we did have to... Uh stop because we had to make games and editing yeah. a actual play is a nightmare <laughs> yes uh-huh but there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff on there if people are interested in the setting they're interested in what you guys are doing i think um that's a that's a great place for them to go uh, see some more of your content and you you even have i think a, a q a and things um towards the end so oh yeah yeah so that might be a cool place that's under fire lizard media um mm-hmm on Spotify and all those places. Yep. yep. Cool. Fellas, is there anything else that uh, you wanted to make sure to, to talk with Jake about? No, I mean, I, I think everything has been answered. I am digging, like I said before, I'm digging the idea of it. I like the idea of just having it like raw and primal and, and yeah. what is that going to look like? What kind mm-hmm. of adventures can you dig into for that? You know, it, it's, it's like, you know, you've got forgotten realms, dungeons and dragons kind of th- setting the high magic and high action and all that stuff. And then you've got, you take mm-hmm. a step down to Conan and the sword, sword and sandal type thing. Mm-hmm. And magic is more of a, a primal force that can be horrible in, in its usage. And then, you, then with this, you're taking another step down <laughs> to where every. I mean, you want a you want a weapon? Well, you better find a rock and kill that thing so you can take its teeth and make it into something. Because otherwise, you got nothing. Right. It just it just adds another layer of of simplicity with complexity. Mm-hmm. You're, it's like it's like you know you're you're like an equalizer. You're one level goes up, the other level drops down a little bit, and you're just trying to find that that mix of of how you want your your game to go. And I'm really liking that idea. 
Yeah, and I think I like the – as I'm sitting here thinking about it, one of the things that's, that's probably an interesting component that I wouldn't have thought of before is we always talked about – I talked about the building blocks, right, of civilization and culture. Mm-hmm. In this instance, I'm assuming in the world, there is no pre-civilization before this. This is the pre-civilization, right? So if that's the case, where are your dungeons, right? Um, the dungeons are the, – uh, do you have dungeons in this that have been – like because a lot of dungeons are usually like – ruins of past civilizations that have that have decayed or been lost to time and forgotten about. Yeah, the dungeons in this, um, I mean, they could be crafted by any of these sentients, but most of them are probably uh, crafted by the uh, insectoid tar, which are oh, kind, of, kind of ant-like um, in that's their society cool. and stuff. So, you know, you never know if some sort of fungus that turned them all into uh, zombies has you know, rip through their civilization. And now you've got this dungeon filled with undead, undead baddies. Mm-hmm. So there, there can mm-hmm. be dungeon crawls in this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so what I, what I'm going to, I was going to get at next too, is like this, that thankfully you didn't commit the cardinal sin of any setting that I know about, or like a new setting that you're trying to incorporate or a new system. You have an adventure that's going to be, that's going to be included oh, as a part, of the, part of the Kickstarter. Right. Yes. That is like, to me is a, Critical component in yes. in selling the idea of what it is like. How how do I run this? I, I like what is what is like the. It's not like it has to be the only way of running it, but it kind of gives you something to to riff off of. You mm-hmm. don't even have to use that adventure, but at the very least, it gives you the bones and kind of like the diagram of the body uh, about what you can end up using. So, yeah. and it's uh, you got an Act One and Two uh, adventure that's incorporated in this too. So, uh, well done. Not yeah, well, that's sin. if they was, back it uh, easily. If they back at any it. level, they get that. Um, yeah. But if they want to add on that uh, all the way to the fifth act, they can do that as well. Um, and it, it is a very guided on rails scenario because you know we didn't have a mountain of time to write it, but uh, mm-hmm. it that's uh, cool. it's uh, you know that's actually the thing that uh, the you guys wanted to ask me about earlier. When we oh yeah 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 yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. thank you for yeah tell tell us the so apparently so before show uh, we were talking about how he's you've been listening for a little while and uh, there was at least one thing that we as the three boobs that we are influenced <laughs> and, and I weep for you but but what was that thing I'm scared uh yeah uh so I think it was actually something Zach had said when he was talking about one of the big things published adventures make is uh, bullet points. Like you're just supposed to try and Mm. suss out dialogue from a bullet point. That is, you know, that can be kind of difficult to do on the spot. Um, Mm. So there are no dialogue bullet points in this, in this adventure. Uh (laughs) There's a ton of dialogue though. So, uh, you know, nice. Get it. You know, half a dozen, one, six of the other type thing. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm That's very awesome. happy with That's that. Cool. That's great. Sweet. Sweet. Awesome. Well, so we, first and foremost, we'll, we'll be sure to back. Uh, I'd ask you yes. as well, uh, Jake, to make sure you pop into our discord on the seventh and post a link to your, uh, mm. to your Kickstarter. So we, our whole group can know that you're, you're live and go ahead and do that too. Um, as soon as you have your, uh, your pre-launch page, yeah. uh, public and, and, get some followers there so oh yeah i definitely appreciate that what uh which one of these channels do i drop it into just oh this? you will 
you will drop it into the uh, Geeks Can't Chat channel um, is a great one, or the Crowdfunding Corner channel, either way. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Well, I definitely appreciate that open invitation. Heck yeah. Well, uh, Jake, thanks again so much. Uh, we're going to send everybody to at Fire Lizard Games right now on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, all the links will be down in the doobly-doo show notes uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast. John Troy, thanks for hanging out. And until next week, we'll see you next time. Play great games on Earth, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, it's kind of tough to do it, but uh, it's a dangerous world out there. It is. Stay safe. Have you ever found yourself wondering if Troy is all style and no substance? Do you have doubts on whether he really even knows where he's at or what he's doing? Well, wonder no more. Sign up for the World of Game Design newsletter and get free 5e content sent to your email each week, designed and curated by Uncle Troy himself. The newsletter also lets you know when we've got a new Kickstarter on the horizon or new product available, as well as kicking out early notifications on what gaming conventions we'll be attending throughout the year. Click the link in the show notes, sign up, and gain access to a world of understanding and insight with the World of Game Design weekly newsletter. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you like this episode and you want to continue the conversation with us, go ahead and head on over to our Discord. There's a link in the show notes, and you can always shoot us a message on Facebook to get a link there as well. Uh, while you're at it, if you wouldn't mind, give us a like on Facebook, give us a subscription over here on your podcast feed, uh, give us a review and some stars while you're at it. That would be awesome. That's the way we get in front of more people. And if you want to watch a live show, we're live almost every Sunday and Tuesday on Twitch and YouTube, and you can find links to all of that right there in the Discord. We'll see you next time.